All right, welcome to Kitchen Open Late, the podcast from the back of house. I'm Chef Frosty. And I'm Chef Gwanda. So before we get into anything today to really talk about, I I need to talk to you. I promised you a, a, an article sure. that I, I found um, that just made me stop and have to look into it. Mm-hmm. Here's the title. Gordon Ramsay's dwarf porn star lookalike found dead in Badger Den, half-eaten. <laughs> I've heard something about this at some point in my life. <laughs> yep. So, I didn't do any research until today. Because I needed to understand what, what was happening a little bit about this whole thing. So, apparently, according to the article, there's a, there's a male porn star named Percy Foster... Hmm. Who looks like Gordon Ramsay? They have photos to to validate this. Then you would agree. Yeah, I mean, as you know, as much as a um, uh, a little person porn star can look like a, a another person, sure. I mean, there was the whole Doctor Evil and Minimi thing. Yeah, I'd yeah. say they look about that much alike. Okay. Or like Peter Dinklage kind of looks like Doctor House. Hmm. I'll have to look. At yeah, that. I'll bring up a photo yeah. of that. But yeah. yes, they look very much alike. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. Um. So apparently Percy Foster was found dead in a badger den and like half his body was eaten. And it was a big thing. Now I have regrettable information. This story is false. Oh. Well, I guess I'm glad he's alive? There is no porn star named Percy Foster. Wait, what? (laughs) There is a porn star named... Now... Before I say his name, I want to clarify, this is his chosen stage name. Mm. It's listed on IMDb this way. Mm. Uh, Joey the Midget. Oh, well. Who does look like Gordon Ramsay. Mm. Now, everyone, every article I read was really disappointed that Percy Foster didn't exist, and there was no Badger Den, <laughs> and he was not half-eaten. <laughs> what I failed to grasp is why none of these articles... Are stressing the point that there's still a little person porn star out there who looks like Gordon, Gordon Ramsay. Ramsay. Right. <laughs> right. I'm sure I haven't. No, I've I've I looked up Joey the Midget porn. Hmm. Of course, of course, uh, as one does. I didn't hear a lot of dialogue out of him. Mm, so you're not sure if he sounds like him. I know he doesn't sound like him mm. based on the uh, uh, sound. <laughs> you don't know what Gordon Ramsay sounds like when he fucks. Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Where's the lamb sauce? <laughs> you bloody wanker. That's when he masturbates. Those are two different things. Nah, nah. It's all the same for Gordon. <laughs> it probably is. Probably is. Tonight on Gordon Ramsay's Bedroom Nightmares. <laughs> Chef Gordon tells his wife what she's doing wrong in the bedroom. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Only put one finger up there. I need a fist. When was it cleaned last? <laughs> You're serving rotten food. Ah <laughs> oh, man. So, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so story time. Mm. I know you weren't there for this particular event, mm. but do you remember at the Beacon Club when we used to do wine dinners? Yes. Yeah. So normally it was me, my dad, and Josh, the sous chef. Mm. Uh, and the way it was structured was like it's basically five courses. I would do the first course, would you like a salad or something light mm. to begin the event? And then 
while I was doing all that, I would get everything plated and ready to go, and then that would go out, and then my dad and Josh would plate the next three courses while I got the dessert course ready, mm-hmm. and plated and ready to go. We were doing like, you know, 75 to 150 people at one time. Right. They were big events, so it did take a minute. Uh, but you know, thankfully we had the time to make everything look good and be good and all that. Um, and they were always pretty fun. It was just chill. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a Sunday night. Nobody else is there. Right. You know, we're just in the back. You already know what you got to do. <laughs> right. Just listening to just awful, just gangster ass music. Oh, so Josh was speaking. <laughs> of course he was. My dad didn't care, and I thought it was. I liked the music too. That makes sense. But it's just it's just always funny to me the juxtaposition between. The front, bunch of old people, <laughs> yeah. old rich white folks with like classical music playing, enjoying their wine dinner, while we're in the back in like y'all gonna make me lose yeah. my mind, <laughs> like for real, <laughs> wearing wife beaters and fishnet stockings. So just for clarity, we used to get dressed up for events. We used to have uh, it started with battle hats. Mm. We used to wear just unusual funky hats that eventually turned into like. You know, army hats with dildos glued to them and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Josh, Josh used to come in with some extravagant hats. Yeah, I I wanted some of those hats. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, we started adding battle tank tops, like battle wife beater, beater battle wife beaters into the equation. Like when we start, we hit a certain number, and then if we hit three hundred or more, we all wore battle draws. <laughs> Which was just women's lingerie underneath all of our work attire. So you walk back and you see just a guy in an apron with just fishnets and like <laughs> women's underwear on under like basketball shorts. It's just... I don't. I don't believe. I. I don't think you were there for the battle draws portion I don't think of it. So. It was I don't toward think the end so. of my time there. Okay. Um, but on this particular wine dinner day. Our wine rep, Jenny, who was lovely, uh, I totally had a crush on Jenny back mm-hmm. in the day. I mean, everyone did. She was right. gorgeous. Yeah, she was. And she worked with wine, and she was super nice. Yeah. Uh, but Jenny, because I was 21 at the time, and obviously my dad and Josh were old enough to drink, mm. Jenny was re- being real cool, and she would pour all the bottles of wine, or all the glasses, and then she'd be like, oh, no. I need a little bit more for this glass. So she'd open the bottle and put like a drip in there and then give us the bottle. So we could have a little bit of fun too. So we, like basically, again, there's seven courses. So between the three of us, we're splitting three bottles, like we're splitting seven bottles of wine between the three of us. Hmm. Plus, I mean, Reza used to give us duty drinks. Right. And Reza's duty drinks, Reza was the bartender and his duty drinks were, you'd get a pitcher, a giant pitcher of Long Island iced tea, and by Long Island iced tea, I mean this pitcher's full of liquor with like a splash of coke in there. Right. It's it's 100% you're getting a pitcher full of liquor. <laughs> yeah. That's how we learned to drink back in the day. It's just here's a pitcher of booze, maybe some ice to water it down. Uh, so we're all just, you know, we're having fun. We're drinking these bottles and stuff. We're not hammered by any means, but we're drunk. Mm-hmm. We're definitely all drunk. <laughs> And we kind of all were just like, man, thank God we're stuck back here, huh? You know, because we're all just like, you know, toward the end of it, we're getting pretty goofy. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the port door slide just springs open, and there's the owner, Tom DeGroot. And his face is red, because that's what happens when he got drunk. Got 
Got you. He, and he would just drink Miller Lights. He would mm. just pound Miller Light for it was his favorite thing. True. This restaurant owner's favorite thing was Miller Lite. He's been out with this once before, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Uh, the caper used to get real red when he drank. Oh yeah, too. Real well, red. caper's whole head would turn yeah, red. His whole head would turn red. Tom just had like the the Santa redness and the cheeks and the nose mm. was just all red. Mm. But yeah, continue. So he comes back with a big old smile on his face, and he's like, "Hey guys, everyone's loving the food. This is one of the best wine dinners we've ever had." And we're like, oh, thanks, man, thanks, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, they wanted to come out, you wanted you to come out and meet the chefs. And we're all just like, oh, <laughs> fuck. What? And we're like, no, nah, no, that's okay. We're, we're just, we'll stay back here, it's fine. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I insist. You got to come out. And so he just stands in the doorway just waiting for it. Like, come on, guys. And we're like. Oh, God damn it. Because he's a happy drunk motherfucker. Because he was the happiest of drunks <laughs> when things went well. Right. And so we're like, oh, shit. So we go out there, and the the light was different. Because the kitchen light's always pretty bright. Hmm. But in the dining room, it was like ambiance lighting for right. this wine dinner. So right. I walk out, and the light differential fucked with me. Yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> I'm like... Being in the same environment getting that I was getting drunk in, hmm. I didn't realize I was getting drunk. Right. I was just like, I'm feeling good. This is fine. But then the, the change of environment, hmm. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fuck, I am so drunk. It's like when you stand up from the bar and it's like, well. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Okay. I should have just stayed sitting. I can't go back to how things were nice until now. So <laughs> I look over at my dad and Josh and both of them are also clearly drunk. And Tom is like, these are the chefs. Say some words for us. <laughs> and me and Josh just both look at my dad and then take a step back. Yeah, yep. Like, You're the head chef. Go ahead, head chef. I remember what exactly my father said, but I remember thinking that's probably not the speech he would normally give. <laughs> right. So we, or my father says his words, and then we just fucking duck around the corner. <laughs> And there's Jenny doing, like, the end-all wine, like the, the champagne or whatever. Mm. So she hands us the bottle, and we're like, eh, fuck it, why not? <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and again, I was, like, 21 at the time. I was still living with my folks. And I the, the biggest thing I remember from that whole thing was my dad and I were like, how the fuck are we going to get home? <laughs> That's fair. My mother was going to be mad <laughs> that we were, like, I couldn't drive. Right. He couldn't drive. Josh thought he could drive, Josh. but he also had a breathalyzer in his car, and nobody was going to let him oh, fucking yeah, drive. Because I used to have to start his car all the time. <laughs> but you couldn't know. Right. I used to have to go over to Josh's place before work, mm. blow into the breathalyzer, and then he could drive to work. That was back before I turned 21, uh-huh. back when people thought... I, I, I never drank, drank before, right? <laughs> Which actually brings me to the, the topic I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Predominantly, I just want to talk about partying in the restaurant world, but uh, but more specifically than anything, I want to talk about the house on Oak and Lovell, because <laughs> that's where the partying really took place. Very true, very true. For at least t- 2008 into 2009, something like that. Yeah, we did. I only stay there a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that was a good year. (laughs) A lot of things happened in that year. A lot of things happened in that year. Oh, I would like to start this off 
with bringing up the suicide bottle. Ah, uh, yes, that's perfect. <laughs> uh, oh. It was my favorite thing in the world, and it worked far better than I ever expected it to. So, I'm sure everyone, or maybe everyone's not aware of what a suicide drink actually is. Surprisingly few people know what a suicide is, aside from the obvious right. un- <laughs> unaliving yourself. Right. Um, so, so what it pertains to is just, like, when you go to get a fountain drink at, you know, Burger King or whatever, um, it's just mixing up all the different pops and drinks that are available. That's, that's what it's... That's what a suicide drink is. No, I meant, real quick, the best ones are always doing it at 7-Eleven where you can make a Slurpee suicide. Yeah, that's ah. what I still do. It, oh, of course. But <laughs> there used to be more options, I feel. Right, yeah. There's like four or five now. Yeah. There used they, to be like eight to ten. used to be a wall of Slurpees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they always had interesting flavors. Mm-hmm. They used to have at least like three weird ones and then Coke, Cherry, Mountain Dew... Those are like the three primary ones. I feel like there's like two other primary ones. Like grape, maybe there. sometimes. Maybe grape. The one there's like pina colada. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen a pina colada one in a long time. Yeah, no. They used to have like a root beer one that was okay. Yeah, it was okay. Um. Anyway. <laughs> right. So what I would do is get a bottle of liquor, drink it at some point, um, and then take that bottle of liquor to a party. Well, I would take a full bottle of liquor to a party, drink it. And then have other people with bottles of liquor. It's like, oh, can I get a shot? I'm like, sure. Can you pour it into this bottle? Most of the time I would get yes. Sometimes I get no. But by the end of the night, <clears throat> I would have another full bottle of liquor. <laughs> of just random liquors. And I mean, there was also like occasionally beer in there. It, it, near the end, people start putting beer and shit in it. Um it still worked. It still worked. It was not not as good. It was no. not as good. They started ruining it because it it had started getting noticed at that point, and people wanted to put things yeah. into the bottle of liquor. Well, because back in back home in Kalamazoo, uh, there are there are three colleges, uh, and most of them are there's Kalamazoo College, mm-hmm. Kalamazoo Valley College, which used to be Kalamazoo Valley Community College, but they upgraded. Okay, and then, and then Western, Western Michigan University. Yeah. And all of these were close enough to downtown that effectively downtown exists and then there's a hill going up to like the rich people neighborhood. Hmm. And part of the college was on top of that hill. Hmm. And the hill overlooked a little valley with what used to be rich people houses, but they'd since fallen into disrepair. So they would rent those houses out to students. It was called the student ghetto. That it was. And it was just like all of these old... Like fight club houses. <laughs> yep. <laughs> They're just like, you didn't, it didn't matter how falling apart they were because it's just students living there. Like, and they, nobody, the owners didn't give a fuck either because the students didn't care. Right. If the clientele doesn't give a shit what they're living in, right. the owners don't, all they have to do is keep it structurally sound enough right. to have people live in it. Which they were older houses, so most of them were very structurally sound. Yeah, I mean, old houses are like old cars, they do, they're mm-hmm. built to last. Right. And then the best house in the oh. whole student ghetto was called the Hidden House. Truly. For a reason. It was all the normal looking houses and then behind one of the houses was another smaller, like a tumor of a house. Ish. Yeah. It had the hugest basement. I mean, yes. There was a half pipe in the basement. Yes. <laughs> the basement, I'm, I'm convinced, stretched underneath half of the student ghetto entirely. <laughs> Because there was, what, three rooms? There was 
the main dance floor where the DJ was. Yep. There's the half pipe room off to the side. Yep. There was a chill room off to the side. And I think there was also like a laundry room past the half pipe room. Yes, exactly. Where most people like smoked and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it stretched far farther than it should. It was a very big basement. <laughs> yeah. And Amazing. again, this is a house when we were talking about the DJ dance floor. Yeah. This is a house everyone knew about. Mm-hmm. And it was great because nobody could call the cops on us. For the most part. For the most part. So that one day. Ah, uh, yeah. We did get the cops once in our life at the hidden house. Because the party got so big. So the hidden house, the way that you knew it, the way you could tell that it was there. Is the driveway from the house in front just stretched all the way to the back? Yep. And the party had spilled out so much that that entire driveway was full. Yeah. <laughs> and people uh. were fighting out in the driveway. Yeah. <laughs> they ruined such a good thing. <sighs> God. But yeah, that's my, my, most of my memories of the suicide bala are from the hidden house, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised they even had memories. <laughs> <laughs> right of that time period. <laughs> right, and the other nice thing was the hidden house was down the street from the Oak and Level House where you mm-hmm. live. Right, it so was just walked. Yeah, I mean the the whole student ghetto was just a big. I would say it's a cul-de-sac, but it wasn't because right. it had outlets. But it was effectively just one big circle. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all a self-contained little thing. There were like bars and restaurants in the student ghetto. Right, they like kind of like framed it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was you know. There wasn't any, like, random traffic going through there. There wasn't any random shit going on. For the most part, the cops weren't going to fuck with it because it was close yeah. enough to downtown. There was actual real shit going on right. that the cops had to deal with. Yeah, the cops really never rolled through there. No. No. It was just, it would it'd be a big waste of time. Everyone's mm. in the houses. Right. And they need a reason to go in the house. Right. So it was the perfect arrangement. Mm. There were, do you remember, I'm sure you do, of course you do. Maybe. I don't know how this happened. Sure. But maybe four to six months into you living there, mm. a liquor store appeared. <laughs> like like we'd reached a certain level in the game. Oak Street Market. Yeah. 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 And it was just this it was just a big straight there were like two aisles basically and coolers yeah. and shit. Yeah. And it was all liquor and it was all pretty cheap. It wasn't all liquor. Oh, you know, there was like Mike's Hards and beers and shit. Like, there was all alcohol and some snacks. Okay, I was going to say, there's definitely food there. Yeah. It was like a, a corner store. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it looked a lot more like a shady liquor store. Oh, absolutely. Because it was a shady was liquor store. Like, bars on the windows? Oh, yeah, definitely. There were bars on the windows. At least eventually that happened. Because I'm sure it had gotten broken into a couple of times. Oh, of course, yeah. Before. Which, again, was stupid because this guy would sell you. There was one dude I remember working there, yeah. and he would sell you. Anything, yeah, and you didn't. He didn't even ask for an ID unless unless the cops had been around recently, right? Yeah, and then he'd be like, "Show me something." Show me something. Yeah, <laughs> student ID. Yep. <laughs> I even think he looked at. It. I mean, he barely looked away from what he right. was doing. All I remember is he would stand behind the counter and just mm-hmm. stare at the floor, and like he would move his hand enough to check you out, mm-hmm. but he wouldn't really be in, like engaging with you. He was serving a public function. Yeah, I firmly think all colleges need. <laughs> A liquor store that provides yeah. underage alcohol. Sure. You need one the one cool parent who does it, mm-hmm. which was Johnny's family. Yes, that's fair. And then you need the liquor store you can buy from. Because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, here's the thing. We'll I get it anyways. Yeah, I mean, we're <laughs> going to get it anyway. And if we're, like, in the student ghetto, we all had houses that we were at. Mm-hmm. We're not mm-hmm. going out driving and right. shit. No, we're walking everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so, like, that's the safest way. Yeah. Like, 
Right. Instead Come of, on, man. Making this drive. Yeah. <laughs> instead of going to a bar when we were 21 and then mm-hmm. trying to find a way home. Because back right. then, Uber wasn't a fucking thing. Is it? I guess it's true. I mean, certainly not in Kalamazoo in <laughs> 20, 2008. Right, yeah. Like... Not to the extent that it is today. Right, absolutely. Like, one or two people might have had something. But the other thing, too, is, like, you can't call your parents. No. When you're, when you're 18 and hammered. Like, they always say... <laughs> they always say, yeah. Hey, if you're, if you're drunk and you can't get home, you know, if you get you pressured call. into it, you give me a call. I'm like, no, no, no. I know, <laughs> I know what that's going to be about. I know what's going to happen if I call my father and wake him up to come and get me. I think... It, it wasn't to to get a ride. No, it was to get, to get a ride home because it was back when I didn't have a car at the time. Staying with my father, and I called him for a ride, but he turns his phone off at the night. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was never an option. Yep, <laughs> that was never an option. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, fuck. My mother woke up at like five in the morning anyway, so I'm like, shit. I just wait until she wakes up. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, honestly, in the summertime, it's like I'll just walk. Actually, um, the the Wendy's parties we used to have. Um, you've, I, I think you've been to Kelly's house a couple of times. Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, used to get off at work at Wendy's at like midnight or whatever. Um, go to the bar, pick a couple of cases, go to Kelly's house. Yep. And we would just party. And then my mother worked first shift, and I've got two younger brothers, and she would call me. At like five in the morning, be like, "Hey, where are you at? I'm getting ready to leave for work." And I'm like, "Well, shit, I still haven't gone to bed yet. Everyone else has passed out. It has been long enough now that I'm starting to sober up. Like, I'll be there in a minute." <laughs> and luckily, luckily, Carver was a baby that liked to sleep until noon. Right. So I was like, sweet, I get to go to sleep when I get back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's typically the way. I, it's, I mean, honestly, it still goes this way in my world. Like, the older I get, the less it happens to me. But I see it with the younger folks hmm. and the, the, the folks who wish to remain young. Hmm. You know, you get to work maybe around 4, hmm. 3 o'clock, something like that. You work till 11, midnight, maybe get out by – you certainly get out by 1 o'clock. Right. And you go to a place. Yeah. You go to some place hmm. that is open – the deuce. <laughs> we'll 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 cover the deuce in a later episode. Let's not. There's plenty of there's plenty of stories for the deuce. Let's not. I even know if I can tell all the stories from the deuce. Let's not. <laughs> if you want to hear stories from the deuce, oh, please leave a comment. Please leave a comment. Tell us. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Uh, less tasted at less tasted. Um, just drop a comment down below. Hey, stories from the deuce. Or or one of your stories from a bar that might be embarrassing. Oh, yes. Please share. <laughs> this, this is a podcast about open communication amongst the kitchen staff. Truly. So please share any ridiculous bar stories. And uh, if, you, if we have a good enough one, we'll read it. Right. And if you see, want it to be read, let us know. Yeah. I'd love to see if we can commiserate with somebody. Because, again, we're going to cover some stories today from our drinking days. But mm. we're going to keep... We're gonna keep going back to this well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just want to. I just want to let everyone know a little bit about the house on Oak and Level because mm-hmm. we're gonna reference it many times mm-hmm. in the future. <laughs> There's so many stories that we have to tell about that house. The one year you lived there was an eventful year. <laughs> it was. <laughs> but yeah, people tend to just go out, stay out until the sun comes up, mm-hmm. go to sleep, and then go back to work at three. Right. Like yeah. that was. That's just the life in the restaurant business, yeah. and it's great. Yeah. Ah oh, man, like 
Because you gotta you gotta take advantage of it when you can. Right. And I I've had I don't do well nine to five. No. Or like eight to four. Mm. Like if I if I have to get up at a certain time, I can't sleep at all that night. Right, I understand. Because that. I know I have to be awake. And it's just I'm just laying in bed, just staring at the clock, like it's three. <laughs> right. I got four hours of sleep. I guess I can get. Hopefully. Like I've, I've obviously I've run a couple kitchens now, and that's required me being there earlier. Right. Uh, and it's nice to have, I guess, normal human hours of, of function. Yeah. It's nice to get out of work, and there's still the sun out, and you can still do things. Yeah, but man, it's un- it's unnatural. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's, it's real unnatural. unnatural. That's that's some uh, that's that manager life. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the, those manager hours. You know, it it is weird to get out of work around the time that you're used to, more or less like getting up and starting work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I mean, for a while, my days off were Thursday and Friday, mm-hmm. and that only lasted for maybe a month and a half. Uh, and that was the first Friday I've had off in my entire life. Like with right. with regularity, not like right. oh, I'm requesting this and yeah. begging for it. Like my entire life, I've worked mm. basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so getting a Friday off, I remember the first time I had it. I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna go do some shit." And I got in my car and I'm driving. I'm just like, "What the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> right. Why are all these people around? Oh, this is annoying, man. Like, because what do you what do you when you're, you you in in the biz, you get used to working weekends. Yeah, because those are the biggest time, busiest times, especially if you work at a bar. Yeah, so you like you'd have no weekends until you get off of work, and usually that's like Saturday night, or like um, when I worked uh, at Old Peninsula, we had Sunday Fun Day. Yeah, we would close early and then go to another bar that the owners also owned. Ah, uh, yeah, and drink and party there. Yeah. Because you're still you're still with the staff, still partying with the staff, but everyone gets to party type thing. Right. Since we had to work on the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like Fridays and Saturdays off. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with myself. Right. There's too much pressure to have fun. <laughs> it's fair. It's like a girl's 16th birthday. It's like right. I don't want I don't want this. I like, <laughs> don't want to speak 16. And honestly, if I'm gonna do anything interesting on a Friday or Saturday anyway, hmm. I'm probably gonna do it. At, Midnight or right, eleven or yeah. something like that. I'd be getting off of work anyway. Right. Like if I want to go out to a club, mm-hmm. which is happening less and less the older I get. Right. But I still muster the the gumption every once in a while. If I want to do that, I'm not going to a club at fucking three in the afternoon. Right. And not even open. Or you're waiting for people to get off of work anyway. Right. Because right. all my friends are <laughs> predominantly industry at this point. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, plus you make friends with your coworkers. Hmm. I mean, you're stuck. You're going into battle every day together. You gotta. Right, you should. You gotta least. like these people. You have to. <laughs> you have to find a way to like ninety percent of them. Yeah, yeah. And that's where having a good sense of humor comes in. Truly. Um, but yeah. So the, the, when you lived at the house on Oak and Lovell, hmm. at the time, you, me, and our buddy Johnny hmm. were all working at the Beacon Club. Hmm. We were all dishwashers at the time. So, we, and we all worked the same shifts, more or less. I mean, weekends especially, we were definitely yeah. working the same shifts. So, we would just get off work <laughs> and go over to Quanti's house. <laughs> yeah. It was great. <laughs> we just keep That's the party going. Because you can't, you can't get off work 
You can't get off work in the restaurant industry and go straight to sleep. No. I don't... I fight with, with people all the time who don't work in the industry. Yeah. Because they're like, just, you know, why just go to bed, man? Like, if you get off at 11, you can get up at 8 in the morning and be productive. But I'm like, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Go run a marathon while people are screaming at you. And then at the end of the marathon, have a wall of fire meet you. And then tell me you're going to go to sleep right after that. Right. Go straight to sleep. Like, you're tired, but there ain't no going to sleep. No, I can't get to sleep until like two something in the morning at least. I mean, like, yeah, I've been uh, kind of doing my own thing for about a month now. Hmm. I'm still, you know, I, I I might go to bed at midnight. That's if I've done nothing at all all day. Hmm. Or what I mean is nothing to keep my attention. Hmm. If I'm doing work for myself or whatever, right. uh, then yeah, I can probably go to sleep at midnight. Um, or if I force myself to get up early to be productive right. and don't manage to take a nap, then sure. Yeah, yeah, you end up going to bed earlier. I understand that. But if there's something, like last night, I could have gone to sleep at 9 because I was doing nothing all day. Right. But then you texted me and I was like, I can definitely, like it didn't take any effort to right. wake up. Yeah, and you were like, yeah, I'm probably going to not be awake a little, you know, past midnight. And then we, what, sat and talked until after 1? Yeah, it was like 1.30, I think, yeah. when I got home. I don't think I went to bed till 2.30. <laughs> right. And it just felt so natural, and I just sleep so much better. Mm-hmm. I sleep like a baby. Mm-hmm. So, so I read somewhere that human beings are designed that way, where some people are just naturally morning people, and some people are naturally night people. Makes sense. Because you have to, like, take shifts to watch the fucking fire or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, from a societal standpoint, it would be beneficial to have people who are morning people and people who are night, night people. Yeah. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Right. I'm definitely a night person. <laughs> Same here. Same here. The only time I want to see the sunrise is if I'm still awake from the night before. <laughs> right. That's the right. only time I'm happy about seeing a sunrise. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I'm just fucking pissed off. Just hate the sun. Yeah, the sun. The sun is typically not my friend. No, <laughs> I've been I, called a vampire pretty much my entire life. Yeah, I'm definitely a creature of the night. <laughs> Creatures of the night. Uh, <laughs> so, the Oak and Level House. Kwanzi lived there with with two other people. Mm-hmm. Well, kind of. Kind of. You lived there with Paige, who whose family owned the house. Yep. Uh, Cody. And then Cody, but Cody was never there. Cody was rarely there, yeah. Cody was there. I remember him being in that house three times in the year that yeah. you lived there. I mean, I mean, it's almost accurate. I mean, like, he might have passed through once or twice, but I'm talking like he was around for the events. <laughs> right, His yeah. girlfriend, Mandy, oh, Mandy, was always there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She, she lived there, there more than Cody did. She Well, Cody, if Mandy was there, Cody was there. Cody would just stay in his room. Yeah. Yeah. Mandy would survey the house, help clean up. She was a gem of a person with just the biggest of douchebags. Oh, yeah. I mean, Cody wasn't a terrible person. Some of his friends were. His friends were awful, and he was terrible at being a person. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, he, and he wasn't, he didn't have a bad soul, but. He was a child. Yes, absolutely. He was, like, he doesn't know any better. Right. So you can't really be mad at him. Right. But by the same token, it's like, girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> why you want to date a child, man? Like, And she knew. Oh, she, yeah. She completely understood, and she was fine with taking care of him. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah that's what she wanted to do, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And so I was like, you know, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> whatever. This, but this house did look so much 
Like the house from Fight Club. Yeah, so it had its big, like, entryway. Yeah, it had the big, like, big vestibule area, room. a huge porch. Huge a, porch. A dining room, a pretty big kitchen. Yeah. Like, a, a little, like, half-spiral staircase kind of mm-hmm. thing going up to the second floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, five bathrooms or some shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was, I, I do miss that house so much. I had my double bedroom. Yeah. God, your bedroom was huge. Yeah, because it was two rooms. Right. I, I, I'm aware of why <laughs> but, it was huge. But each room was still big. Yes. <laughs> my my old bedroom is bigger than my apartment right now. <laughs> your old bedroom is probably the size of like half of my apartment right, right now. Ah, oh, man. So basically the routine for this whole place was we'd get off work, we'd go over there, Kwanzi would shower, mm-hmm. we'd all chill out, and we would just, you know, smoke weed. Play Guitar Hero. Play Guitar Hero. <laughs> Occasionally fight with lightsabers. Yeah. And we used to play DBZ a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of video games were played back in the day. Betty used to take our TG pictures. Yep. Yep. So in, if, in case you didn't know, uh, at this time we formed a band mm-hmm. called TG. Throbbing Guidance. Throbbing Guidance. Uh, and I bet, I bet you're all wondering, like, oh, I didn't know you guys had musical talent. We don't. I mean, I'm pretty good at Guitar Hero. Yeah, sure. <laughs> have we ever recorded a song? No. Not yet. Have we, have we written a song? Kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we play any instruments in real life? No, of course no, not. not at all. <laughs> Here's why we became a band. One night, we, as we normally did, got real high. Mm-hmm. And then we decided that we were going to go out for the night. Oh, bad idea. And, like, right down the street was a place called Dino's at the time. It went through, like, seven different names. Mm. It was, like, The Bar, Dino's, <laughs> Dino's, or whatever. Like, all, like, these different names. Right. It's still there. I think it's just empty now. Oh. And as we were getting ready to go out, our buddy John, ah, uh, finally I could do my John impression for the first time. <laughs> our buddy John was like, hey, man, uh, our eyes are so red. <laughs> And we were like, bro, yeah, they are. And John was like, man, people are going to know we've been smoking weed. He's so for the foot. And we were like, yeah, probably. He was like, I, I got an idea. So he goes to his coat and he grabs a pair of sunglasses and he puts them on. He's like, oh, shit, nobody can know. And we were high now. (laughs) And we were all just like, but John, why are we wearing sunglasses at night? Um, And he was was like, exactly. (laughs) I wear my sunglasses at night. Oh, shit. We're cool as fuck. (laughs) So we're like, well, we can't argue with that logic. So me and Kwanzi all put on our glasses and Mm -hmm. we walk down the street. And before we go into the bar... We want to have a cigarette. Mm. So we're outside smoking. And Betty, our other friend, mm. who was John's girlfriend. At the time? No, nah, not yet. But yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was starting. Right. Betty just snapped a picture of us just standing in front of a wall, basically. Oh, yeah. And she eventually showed it to us. And John was like, man, we look like a band. <laughs> and so that's how we became a band. Right. And then later in life, I was leaving... A voicemail for you and I said hey buddy I'm just trying to get hold of you I need some of your big 
hard, throbbing guidance in my life. <laughs> and Betty was with me at the time, mm-hmm. and we just started talking about how that sounded like a band name, mm-hmm. and that became our band name, mm-hmm. and eventually it became shortened to TG. Right. And so from then on, we would just get real high, put on sunglasses, <laughs> take photos of ourselves. Yeah. To look like a band. We've got good band photos. We do have good band photos. <laughs> I'll post those somewhere on, uh, maybe on our Instagram. I'll yeah. post the old TG photos. Those are some good photos. They are good photos. <laughs> except except for our one square one. Yeah. Where all of us have a weird face. Yeah, no, I don't like that one at all. <laughs> it would it would be great. It's great for like a, a, a album cover. Like really, sure. Like a, like a CD cover, not an album cover. Like a CD cover. I've actually, I've got like four... Four to five photos in mind that I think would be great for album covers. Mm. I'm going to post them on Instagram mm. with a little caption. Vote for your favorite. Vote for the best TG album cover. Sure, sure. I thought you meant like member. No, well, favorite. I mean, <laughs> clearly I'm the favorite member. Mm, right. Man, I believe, I'm I, the favorite. I believe the tags tag was the ladies go crazy for Kwanzaa. I mean, <laughs> yes, they go literally insane. <laughs> They end up in an institution. Hey, hey, whatever. Whatever, whatever works. <laughs> whatever, whatever works. works. Oh, speaking of getting high at the Oak and Lovell house. Hmm. Is that our plan? No, well, no. I mean, I'd love to, but I think somebody else owns it now. And they fixed yeah. it up a little bit too much. It doesn't look as yeah. nice. Uh, I remember when Obama got elected for the first time. And you and me and... Kusa and Binga? Yeah. We're sitting in, in, the, car. in the car outside. In the car. Yeah. So Paige didn't like us smoking weed in the house if there was a party going on because mm. she didn't want everyone to do it. Right. Uh, so we all went out to the car to get high for a little bit and so we could smoke cigarettes and shit. Right. And there was just a banger-ass party going on inside. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. It was a good party. Right. Everything was going on. So we're sitting in the car. We're all smoking. Good times. Just chill, chill times. And Kusa just starts kind of like bobbing, just kind of rocking back and forth. Mm. Yeah, and Kusa's like an old, like he's not old, he's our age, but he was like, he looked like a 1970s or 1990s rock star. Yeah. Somewhere in between there. Right, the hair and all that. Yeah, just long, beautiful hair, just a grungy vibe, but in a pretty way. Right. Like how Kurt Cobain is pretty. Uh-huh. Um, so he just starts kind of bobbing, and then, you know, we all kind of start bobbing. And then I don't know who started singing it, but somebody started, I think it was Benga, yeah. was just like, yeah. new black president, <laughs> new, new black, black president. president. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And oh, so we're geez. all just kind of bobbing in this car <laughs> saying new black president. <laughs> and it was a great moment until. until in the distance, there's a car just idling with its headlights on. Now, as... As a somewhat of a delinquent mm. who's driven drunk mm. in his life or walked drunk or walked high back mm. when weed was like real illegal. Right. As someone who's had to avoid the police, mm-hmm. you learn what police headlights look like because they are different. They are different. The shape of the car, the shape of the headlights, everything mm. you can just tell. Mm-hmm. You can feel it in your spine. This is a cop car. So ahead of us is a car idling with its headlights on. And we're all thinking, that looks like a cop car. Mm. That's weird. I wonder why they're just idling. And they were kind of near the old 
liquor store that would sell to anybody. So we're sure, like, maybe yeah. they're maybe they're just you know it checking it. It was in that direction, right? Yes. So like, maybe they're over there. Maybe they're just waiting. Maybe they're just waiting. Right. Whatever. So all of a sudden, the car turns on its its spinnies. It's it's it's, it's flashing lights, lights. <laughs> and then effectively. From where it is to where we just guns it <laughs> and parks right in front of us right. with its headlights blaring into this car that we're in. <laughs> and all of us just fucking, our assholes just, <laughs> and we're just like, fuck. We're oh. trying to like melt into the shadow, the last bit of the shadows of the car. Like, nope, we're not here. We're all so <laughs> fucked. Like, thankfully, we were smoking cigarettes, so you could, like, flick the joint out the window with a cigarette. But still, mm-hmm. like, they can smell that shit. They can see Whatever. the car reeks of weed. Sure. And booze. And we're all underage. <laughs> Every one of us in that car. You have no evidence. Yeah. Aside from the <laughs> fact that we're all intoxicated right now. And if your breath lies, we're fucked. Sure. So we're just all just stone fucking still. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it's like T-Rex. They can't see us. <laughs> so the cop opens the door. Gets out of his car and then walks up to the front door of the house that we're parked next to. My house. Your house, where the party's going on. And as soon as he gets out of eyesight, I don't know if there were words spoken. I don't know either. But we all just exit the car and fucking flee. Yeah. Now, if you're 18 or 19 and you're in the restaurant business and you're listening to this, number one rule. Don't run from the cops unless you know the area better than they do. Right. And you got to know how to parkour your way out of that situation. If you're going to run. If you're going to run. I don't recommend running. Walk calmly away. Yes. (laughs) Ideally in the opposite direction, Mm -hmm. looking as unsuspicious as possible. Mm -hmm. Start practicing how to walk drunk because (laughs) you're going to want it. Actually, the best option is to just, uh, like, Stay in the car for a little while, hmm. unless they're right in your face. Right. Like if you can stay in the car, pretend you're doing something, and hmm. then walk. But you gotta walk confidently. That's yeah. the, that's the trick. Mm-hmm. You gotta pretend you know where you're going. Right. Just pick a spot and be like, "That's where I'm heading." I'm heading there. <laughs> I'm heading to that fire hydrant right there, <laughs> and then maybe further if I need right. to pick another spot. And then I will just disappear. Yep. <laughs> and you gotta learn how to just disappear into a crowd like like Hannibal Lecter at the end of Science of the Lambs. <laughs> Just gotta, just gotta morph your way into it. Mm-hmm. So the cop walks up to the front door, and we all just take off in the cardinal directions. Each of us just picks a direction, and we we split. So I, I knew that there was an alleyway not terribly far away. Mm-hmm. So I duck behind a couple houses, and I jump into a dumpster, and I wait there for like fifteen minutes. I mean, it might have been three seconds. I was high, right? Yeah. So who knows? I could have been in there for two hours. <laughs> Because here's the thing, I know I know what amount of time passed. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. because eventually I got out of the dumpster and I walked back down the alley. The alley mm-hmm. And once I got to the corner and there was nobody around, right. I was suspicious up to the corner. I was like Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell right. in the shadows until I got to the corner. Once I got to the corner, then I was like, okay, I just got to walk confidently down this alleyway mm-hmm. and then just practice saying I'm just heading home mm-hmm. in a clear enough voice that they'll buy it. Right. Honestly, that's really the advice we should be giving kids. <laughs> we should never we should we shouldn't tell kids don't smoke weed. Right. We should tell them smoke so much that you're good at it. <laughs> right, 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 right. You gotta practice. 
Hey, hey, son, son. <laughs> you're not going out to that party. There's going to be weed there, isn't there? You're not good enough at hiding your high yet. Right, exactly. You stay in this house and you smoke this joint with your mother and I until you get good <laughs> at smoking weed. I can tell that you're high. <laughs> right, I can tell. So I walk back. And I'm sure I went into the basement. Yeah. I went through my, my side door and went into the basement. Yep. I think that was when I caught Betty and John in one of the basement closets. Yep. I don't know if they were making out yet. They were making out on the shoes. They were making out on the shoes? There's just a big pile of shoes in that closet. In the basement? Yeah. Okay. I believe you. Because if I recall correctly, we had to move all the shoes from the upstairs closet downstairs. Mm. I don't know why there were so many shoes. Hmm. I remember a, a pile of shoes. That's fair. But I mean, again, yeah. this night, I was high <laughs> and a little drunk. Right. So eventually, I made my way back to the party, which was no longer going on. Mm-hmm. When I got back, the house was effectively empty. Yeah. I remember finding you, mm-hmm. and you were basically ready for bed at that point. <laughs> and I remember finding John and Betty, mm-hmm. who were asleep on the couch, mm-hmm. which was not really a couch. It was like a, it was like a pew with a... <laughs> It was like the size of a pew, because it was just not. It was not enough for two people to sleep on comfortably. Okay, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, because we had the foldout. Couch. The foldout couch they were not on. Right. That's another time entirely. Quasimodo, yeah. uh, eat your popcorn. <laughs> so mm-hmm. the party is just gone. I'm pretty sure Kusa and Binga left. I think so. I think what I happened think so. was Binga ran around the block right. and then took his car and left. Right. And then I don't know what happened to Kusa. <laughs> yeah, I think he met. I, I don't remember. I think he met up with some people. I was going to say, I think he went home with Binga. Like, I think Binga dropped him off. Yeah. I was entirely positive that's what happened. But I can't remember exactly. But the cop had come to shut the party down. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God. Because <laughs> I would have been in so much trouble. All of us would have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, Which I have to say, Paige handled it well. Um, Typically, if something like that happened, this us three, me, Paige, and Cody would handle the situation. But I was already predisposed and wasn't on the scene, and Cody was never there. So, poor Paige. But she handled it well. Very, very well. Proud of her. The The last Oaken Level story I think we should tell... Is the time that Johnny got arrested? <laughs> I guess sure, 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 sure. Just because again, I think that one just really like. There's a lot of ones that encapsulate that that time in our life, but that this one in particular. So again, normal last night we get off of work right. and we were going to take some TG photos together. So me, John, and Betty. Yeah, we didn't party this night. No, no. well, we couldn't. <laughs> Me, John, and Betty go over to Kwanzi's house, mm-hmm. and Kwanzi had—I think he had to go like see your grandma or something after work. Makes sense because you weren't at your house, obviously. Oh. Um, and I'm pretty sure you had to go see Granny, mm. um, or maybe your dad, one or the other. Mm. You had to do something that took like an hour. Mm. Uh, so really, we had to kill about 45 minutes. Mm. And it was a nice, it was like a summer night. It was hot. Hmm. So we're just sitting on the porch, smoking and chilling, and it's all cool. Again, it's me, John, and Betty Hmm. on this porch, in the student ghetto, on a hot summer night. All of a sudden, like a fucking cartoon, this, this man walks up with two women. And this man is dressed like a pimp. 
Uh-huh. Like he's trying out, like dress for the job you want. He wants to be a pimp. Uh-huh. And these two women are dressed stereotypically like prostitutes. Hmm. I'm not saying anything about their dress. Uh, Streetwalkers? I'm not saying anything about their style. Hmm. I'm not saying anything about anything other than the fact that if you were going to describe how a prostitute dressed, that's how these women were dressed. Like the typical movie prostitute. Right. Yeah. So it's just like out of a... like. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas moment. Just like, are you? What is this reality? What the hell? We're not high. This is crazy. So this guy walks up and he's like, "Hey, man, uh, y'all think I can get a ride?" Mm-hmm. And me and Betty both realized the situation mm-hmm. that this is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I said, "I don't have my car with me." Betty said, "I don't have a car." Mm-hmm. And then Johnny says, "Sure, man. Where you gonna go?" <laughs> And we're like, John, uh, we need to wait for Quanzi to come home. Mm-hmm. He's expecting all of us to be here. Mm-hmm. And the guy, the pri- the pimp, was like, oh, man, I don't need to go far. And John's like, yeah, man, see? You don't got to go that far. <laughs> I'll be back in like half an hour. So John gets into his car with these three people mm-hmm. and just drives off. Now, I'm going to tell you... What happened to me first, and then I'll tell you what John experienced. So John disappears. Cut to four hours later, and I get a phone call from an unknown number. So I answer it. You have a collect call from Kalamazoo County Jail from (laughs) John. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Yes, I'll accept the charges. Hey, John, how's it going? <laughs> oh, man. Um, so uh, I might be late to work tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, John, am I your one phone call? He's like, yeah, man, I can't call my parents, man. You're a freak. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, what happened? He's like, I'll tell you tomorrow, man. I'm, I'm getting out of here tomorrow. It'll be okay. Uh, just don't tell anybody what happened. <laughs> okay. He's like, don't tell Betty. <laughs> Like, okay, I won't tell anybody. So the next day, we all get to work, and John shows up on time. And he just has a look on his face like he has not slept well. Mm. He's been through a night. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yo, what the fuck happened, man? He's like, man, shit. (laughs) So what happened was, apparently... The pimp worked at Outback Steakhouse at some point, mm-hmm. in addition to his pimpery. Sure, and he got fired. Mm-hmm. So he, he has John drive them to Outback Steakhouse, and then he walks in the back. John does not know this man has been fired. He doesn't know why he's here. Mm-hmm. He just sees the man go in the back, and. Because Johnny just has a way with him. The two women are just all super into him. <laughs> right. But he's also a man of honor, and he had a, a lady at the time, so right. yeah, he didn't want true. to indulge. And then all of a sudden, the back door just flies open. The pimp's walking out with one of the cooks, and they're both carrying a keg. Yep. <laughs> and the pimp's like, hey, pop the trunk. <laughs> so John pops the trunk without questioning this at all. 
And they throw a keg into the, into the trunk of Johnny's car, and then they shut the door, and the pimp gets in. He's like, I right, drive. And John, John and of course, John's thinking, man, great. We got a whole keg. This is going to be a party, man. It's crazy. And so John's like, where am I driving to? And he's like, just drive. It's fine. Just drive. Well, shortly after, they get pulled over mm. by the cops mm. because the pimp had stolen that keg. Mm-hmm. And was trying to use John as a getaway driver. Yep. So they all got arrested. Yep. And so Johnny spent the night in jail. <laughs> now, I don't think anything significant happened to John. I don't think he faced any criminal proceedings or anything like that. No, no. But at least for a few years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a few years at least. Every once in a while, we'd be like... Hey, John, you want to play some Xbox? Man, they ain't got no Xbox in prison. <laughs> he was a hardened criminal, bro. He'd, he'd, been, he'd spent nine years in Shawshank is what it felt like. Just like when, when he got home that night, we went over to his place after work. And he like he, he walked into his bedroom like he hadn't seen it in a fucking decade. Just like grabs his pillow. Just like, man, they ain't got pillows in prison. <laughs> That's all he can say. Feels nice to be home, man. <laughs> Just everything, man. Just like, hey, I'm gonna grab a, I'm gonna grab a soda. You want one, man? They ain't got soda in prison. His favorite line was, "There ain't no Xbox in prison." Though. There ain't no Xbox in prison. <laughs> that was his favorite line. Ah, man. Oh, it's so good. It's so crazy, man. It's so crazy. Oh, jeez. I mean, of all the times that we've we've spent together, honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't more of us haven't been arrested. Right. Uh I mean, I was accused for stealing a car, so yeah. it was that. <laughs> You've also been arrested for walking while black, so... It's true. <laughs> I at least pulled over. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I have yet to be arrested. Yet. Oh, there's still time. There is still time. <laughs> we still got plenty of time for that. Yeah, I'm in Chicago now. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're in Evanston. Yeah, yeah, right. Oh, man. <laughs> You're suspect number one. <laughs> true. True. So far, I had... A lot of a lot of the folks like me. Let's just keep it at that. <laughs> Let's just keep it at that. All right. Well, this <coughs> this has been our our first uh, our first foray into some drunken adventures mm-hmm. uh, from the restaurant days. Uh, again, if you have any interesting or crazy restaurant uh, stories, mm-hmm. please share them. We're gonna keep sharing more. Uh, but we can't we can't overload you all at once, right? You know, the next time, next time we tell some stories, we'll uh, we'll dive into a few other interesting ones, maybe some more recent ones from uh, from our world. That's not not a good idea. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for coming along in this journey with us. Uh, check us out on our socials on Instagram, uh, less tasted. And, of course, our YouTube channel, at Less Tasted. Uh, This has been Kitchen Open Late, but the kitchen is now closed. So get the fuck out. Peace.